You're now listening to the Co-op Podcast on thecoalition.com. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Co-op Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Richard Billy Jr., and today I'm joined by Mr. Gary Ace Wavy. How's it going, Gary? It's going good, man. I was on a, a short vacation, you know, past week, so that's why there wasn't a show last week. Um, Richard was also out of town, but it feels good to be back, and there's lots to talk about, lots to catch up on. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to the show today. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, we're also joined by Mr. Max Muller. How's it going, Max? It's going pretty good. Also happy to be back and talking about the news again. Yes, definitely. And we are joined by Miss Dana Abercrombie. How's it going, Dana? It's going great. I just came back from not being on vacation because I don't have a life. <laughs> that doesn't sound good. Um, but... Well, that, that's actually the kind of life I want to live. I want to live Dana's life. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> Great. Easily. Absolutely. Well, uh, and uh, we may be joined by Mr. Jake James Lugo a little bit later on, as I believe that he is uh, working on something else at the moment. Um, but, yeah, we'll see about that. Uh, but, yeah, as Gary mentioned already, uh, you know, both him and I were out of town last week. I had to go to visit family. So it was great to get a chance to see family because I haven't seen them since last holiday because I didn't get there any other time this year. So, yeah, it was good to catch up with them and uh, definitely back to come back and talk about games with you guys. And obviously there was a lot of news that did happen over the course of the last two weeks. You know, we had Gamescom, so on and so forth. So we have quite a bit of topics to get into today. Uh, But before we do that, we definitely have to let you all know what we have been playing because uh, some of us have been playing a ton of games. So, uh, Max, how about you go first and let us know what you've been playing? So this week, I've only really had time for one game, but it's been a wonderful game so far. Uh, Observer, it's um, a newer horror game from the guys that made the Layers of Fear game, which I have not played, but I've heard that's pretty good as well. But... um. So far, I'm really enjoying it. It takes place in kind of a Blade Runner dystopian world where everyone had to start getting implants into their bodies if they wanted to basically live a life. Like a lot of jobs require you to get an implant and stuff like that, like a robotic arm or like an eye or something. And then it turned out a few years after everyone did that, there was some sort of disease that spread through anyone that had implants and they called it I think it was called the war on genophage or something like that, or I might just be thinking of mass effect, but, um, and that war killed off a lot of people and it sort of made people adverse to these implants and it also kind of screwed up the world. So everyone's just kind of living in a really shit situation and you play as someone who's kind of better off, but still not much better off because the entire world is just in, in shambles. Uh, you play as a cop who goes around and he can't, he has the ability to go into people's minds that have died and and see like what happened to them before they died. And you have to go and investigate some sort of murder. 
and you're going through and going through people's the uh, heads and trying to figure out what the hell's going on. And I haven't gotten to what it is yet, but the game is obviously going to lead into some sort of bigger picture thing, obviously. But right now, just seeing the way that the game presents people's lives and their fears is really, really fucked up. You're going into like the darkest, deepest parts of their minds and it's being thrown at you in game form. And it's really interesting because a lot of the... Uh, a lot of the game, you're going through parts you've already been in, like their apartment complex and stuff, just in really screwed up ways because it's ways they remember it. And it's, of course, like over the top because it's a horror game, but it's really, really cool so far. And it doesn't, I was telling the guys earlier, it doesn't rely on a whole lot of jump scares. It's a lot more psychological thriller and mental thriller, which is really cool. And I'm a big fan of that. But um, I like it a lot so far. I'm not as far as I'd like to be in it, but it's really, really cool. And I plan on playing a lot more of that today. That's pretty much it for this week, but it's been it's been good. I'm enjoying it a lot so far. It sounds very interesting. Uh, one thing I just wanted to say is uh, I know a lot of that sounds a little similar to Hellblade, so I'll be very curious to hear what you think after you've actually had a chance to get a PS4 and played that game because um, some of the stuff you described, it sounds very similar as far as the uh, mental... The, the stuff you face in the different type of mental mm. horror elements. Yeah. I know I know Hellblade is, is like a statement on actual mental illness, if I'm not mistaken. That's Whereas correct. this this is more of just like doing it to to screw with you. As far as I can tell, it's not based on anything like real. It's just you're really just going into their memories and just experiencing all of their fears. I could be wrong on that later on. But um, that's an interesting comparison. Yeah, I'll have to play. I know that game's on PC too, right? Hellblade's on PC, I think. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, Dana, how about you let us know what you've been playing? Okay, I have been playing a game called Up Next Hero, which is basically like an old school arcade twin stick game the thing is is that you go throughout the levels and you it's a regular battle game right so you're fighting all these people here's the thing the thing is is that it really the way how it's designed it's designed for you to die it's unnecessarily hard but like that is kind of like a sick type of sadomasochistic enjoyment that you get from the game so you go through these different levels and the game is designed for you to die and you end up dying a lot. The catch is that you can, once you die, you can no longer play as that character because your character will then live on as a ghost. So you have to wait for the next person who's also playing to die so then that way you can play their ghost. And this happens no matter where in the stage you're at. So if you're at the very beginning or even if you're at the very end and you're almost done with the game, so it's very frustrating on that level. But I kind of really love it. So I've been playing that. It's I've been having like a very frustrating time with it. I've died several times. It's nerve-wracking, but I really, I really, really like it. And I like the concept. And I like the game itself. Like the battle, the battle scenes are very hard, but... If you keep playing, you get better at it. So it's kind of one of those games that is kind of like teaching you to be a better player while also frustrating you. So I, I like that one. I recommend that one. I've been stuck with that. 
Sounds awesome. Yes. Very interesting game. So uh, we definitely may have to check that out in the future and see what that's all about. So, uh, Gary, how about you let us know what you've been playing? Okay, yeah. So, um, of course, I've been playing Overwatch. We already know that. Um, I did see some interesting news of some changes that they're making of um, my most played character at the moment. And that's Mercy. Uh, they're completely reworking that character. And she's not even um, going to be able to res anymore as her ultimate ability. Um, instead, like she'll be able to res one person at a time as her normal, like one of her normal abilities. And that will uh, recharge every 30 seconds. And um, so instead, for her ultimate, she'll have like a new um, ability that allows her to like, um, you know, she can fly around and like um, she can boost people. She can uh, do more damage and do more healing and stuff. So basically like it boosts her um, overall abilities. Um, so that's interesting that they're doing that. That's going to make a big difference to the game, I think. Um, especially for me because like she's like my most played character in comp i have like um i can't remember like the amount of hours it is but i, I believe it's like around 40 hours or something of mercy in just in comp mode so i played a lot of mercy um in that game and it's quite interesting that they're changing her so drastically um but there'll be a lot more skill to her now i guess and that's what people want because people have been you know making out that people um get through comp easier if they just play mercy which i don't believe that's the case to be honest because i've lost like loads of matches playing mercy because it all depends on how your team plays together it's not like you you're you, like you get an easy ride just being a healer or anything like that like you can still lose because you know your your objective is support focused and you have you still have to have a strong dps and a strong defense so um i wouldn't say that playing any one character is like an easy ride through through the rankings at all um but that's that seems to be what a lot of people think so um that's you know the biggest reason for this change um, which is interesting. I like. I'm open to seeing what the new change is going to be like once it um, goes live in the game. Um, I'm not going to try it on PTR just yet, but we'll see. I might change my mind. Uh, but yeah, still loving Overwatch, of course. Uh, also, the game that never ends, Persona Five. Um, like every time I feel like I'm getting to the to the end of that game, it just keeps on going and going and going. Like right now i believe i am like legit right near the end but you know i thought i was near the end before i left on like on my holiday or whatever and the game just kept going and going like it's just the game that keeps on giving at this point i'm way over 100 hours at the moment um so yeah it's like it's great that you know the game is so long because you know i get to enjoy it for longer but when I think about all the games that I'm trying to play, like it is a bit stressful because like there's so many games that I need to play at the moment. And, you know, this game, I'm just like, I'm so deep into it. Like it's, it's got all of my attention right now or most of it anyway. And yeah, it's just continuing. Like I, I can't finish it. Like, but I do think I'm right near the end now though. Um, I can't actually say where I am in the game because it's kind of a spoiler, but 
yeah, um, still loving that game. And it's definitely my game of the year so far. Um, I think it's going to be pretty hard to knock it out of my game of the year spot. So um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if some of these games that are coming out, you know, later this year are going to be able to to um, stand against Persona 5 for me. Um, but yeah, we'll see. And um, also I've been playing Uncharted Lost Legacy a little bit as well. And um, I have to say that so far, I actually enjoy that game more than Uncharted 4. Um, Uncharted 4 was, you know, it was a great game, especially from a technical standpoint. I think, you know, I think my main appreciation for Uncharted 4 comes from the technical aspect and not so much the story. Um, Because, you know, I had a lot of issues with the actual story itself, I think. Um, But, you know, from a technical standpoint and the gameplay, you know, it was incredible. But, you know, with Lost Legacy... I love the characters, I love the story so far, and, you know, the the technical aspects of the gameplay are the same and maybe even better because um, it feels like it's got, it's a lot more action paced so far compared to Uncharted 4. It felt like Uncharted 4 was a bit slower to get to the action, but this game is just like, you know, it's non-stop action and adventuring and stuff, so... Um, I really love the formula and the balancing of Lost Legacy so far. Um, and Chloe does a great job carrying the game by herself, like as as the main character. Um, obviously, she's got Nadine backing her up as well, and she's also a great character. But um, Chloe definitely carries the uh, you know the main character um, role of Uncharted, and I'd like to see more of her in Uncharted in the future. But um, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I've been playing. Sounds awesome. And allow me to say that I I'm very proud of you, Gary, for playing more games than just Overwatch because uh, we know you're Overwatch diehard fan. So very curious to see what's going to happen though when you get your hands on Destiny Two and whether or not uh, that will replace Overwatch altogether. But I have a feeling Overwatch will never get replaced. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm having a real dilemma with that at the moment, man. Like I like because <laughs> September is coming fast, man, and I still haven't made a decision. But like, I still love Overwatch, so part of me is thinking, you know what? I'm just gonna wait till it comes on PC, so then I don't have to rush into Destiny and stuff. But at the same time, you know, once people start getting Destiny on PS4, I'm gonna be like, shit, man, I'm missing out right now. Like, I just, you know, it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be real tough. Plus, we'll see what happens. plus, there's that talk about possibly uh, cross-gen network play becoming a thing. So then oh, you shit, really, really? Feel like you missed. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's another thing you missed this week. I forgot to bring up until you just said that. Um, well, I'll get into it later with you. But basically, there's been actual talks about Sony allowing cross-network play. Oh wow, that's yeah. That that would be incredible. Yep. That would be great. So very interesting. Keep that in mind. Is that is that was that in reference to Destiny specifically or like in general? It was in general, but I would imagine Destiny would be one of the first titles to be on that. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's like the biggest online game that's coming out. You know, soon, yeah. So exactly. So yeah, we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll see. It's going to be tough for me. But we'll see. Yeah, that's awesome. 
I definitely need to look in more into that story also because that that's that's been something that people have been asking for. So we'll we'll see about that. Um, but yeah. So uh, as for what I have been playing this week, well, for the last two weeks, I've been playing a ton of games. Uh, there was a few that I couldn't talk about at the time because I was under embargo the last time that we recorded the show. So yeah, one of those games was Uncharted: The Lost Legacy. Um, and pretty much I agree with it, with everything that Gary said. It's a great game. Uh, the fact that the spotlight is on Chloe is fantastic because we only really got to know a little bit about the character in Uncharted 2. So I'm very glad that they have her featured in this game. And uh, the relationship that she has with Nadine is, is just fantastic. You know, that really is the driving force behind the game. As I said in my review, that relationship. Uh, the villain is, uh, he's hes okay. But yeah, the main main thing about it is the relationship established. And as I also said in the review, if they decide to have another Uncharted, they definitely can have both of these characters make a return and uh, see how that goes. But yeah, great game so far. Uh, also wanted to take this opportunity to thank uh, the guys over at the Throwdown because I actually spoke about Uncharted also on their show this past Thursday. So if you haven't had a chance to check out their last episode, definitely do so. And make sure you check out Throw Down Your Questions uh, later on tonight. So uh, Uncharted, great game. Another game that I played and I couldn't really talk about at the time was Madden NFL 18. Now, obviously, you know, if you're a football fan, I mean, you probably have already made it a point to get this game because it came out this past Friday. Um, and the game is fantastic. You know, we have a review on the website right now, which is done by uh, Mr. Mr. Anthony Nash that you definitely should check out. But um, yeah, the game is fantastic. You know, it, it, it doesn't feel like last year's Madden game. Yes, but I mean, they use the Frostbite engine, so it looks a lot better. And one of the biggest changes in the game is the story mode that they have uh, called Longshot, which you basically, you know, you take on the role of a, a, a pretty much a, a player that's trying to get into the NFL. Um, he's, he, he dropped out of school when he was younger in college and gave up on football, but he's getting the chance to actually come back and actually compete to actually get in the NFL. And the story mode is very, very well done. You know, I actually have a piece that I'm working on now related to the story, which you'll probably see on the uh, the site sometime this week. Um, but yeah, I, I have to say overall, if you're a football fan, uh, you absolutely should pick up Madden 18 if you haven't already. Uh, they definitely did, did a lot of things. And of course, with them using the Frostbite engine, everything just looks that much better. But the story mode, you know, it's not perfect. You know, I did have a few issues with it, but still, it's fantastic that they even have that. And I'm very curious to see where they take the series from here because they included that. So definitely check it out if you're into sports, into football, and you won't be disappointed. Um, so three other games I want to mention real quick, because like I said, I played a lot of games. I did get a chance to play the Call of Duty World War II beta that is going on right now. You know, we actually did a giveaway for a couple of codes, and a lot of people have already received codes. If you're watching this show, you did not receive a code yet, but uh, you did fill out the form. Definitely let me know, and I'll make sure you get hooked up. But uh, for those that have had a chance to play it, you know, I, I have to say it, it definitely feels a lot like Call of Duty. You know, they do have a couple of other modes that you can try out that do feel a lot different. Overall, I thought it was fantastic. You know, the decision to go back to World War II and to get away from the futuristic stuff, I, I think it's I think that was a that was a very good decision. 
you know, I know that EA did it with uh, Battlefield last year, and that was a great game. But, you know, the fact that Infinity Ward is now doing it this year with Call of Duty, you know, Infinity Ward, you could tell that whenever they put out a game, they spend a, a, a lot of time making it great. Um, and even when I jumped into this beta, the fact that they had the presentation screen where you can choose which uh, faction you want to use, very, very well done. Um, but yeah, the, the game so far, the multiplayer aspect is what you would expect from Call of Duty. Uh, but still, it's a, it's a hell of a lot of fun. I had a great time with it. So uh, I absolutely do plan to pick up the game. I mean, I believe the beta definitely sold me on the game. A lot of people that I've spoken to have said the same thing. So very good, very good decision by Activision to release that beta now before it got busy with everything else that's going on. Um, so definitely check it out if you if you haven't had a chance to check it out yet. It's not perfect. Oh, well, I, well, <laughs> hey, listen, I never said it was perfect. I mean, it's like I said, it, it, if you play Call of Duty, you already know what to expect from the game. But what I'm saying is that I like Infinity Ward. They always do a great job with the campaign. Pretty sure the campaign is going to be great because the last campaign they did was was very good with uh, all the, the, the huge cast they had in it. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you like Call of Duty, then then you already know what to expect from this game. You already know whether or not you're going to get it. But I am going to say again, very smart decision for Activision to even have a beta for this in the first place. And they had it at a perfect time because they're doing it before all the other games come out and it gets really crazy. And the beta, it started this on Friday. It goes all the way up until September 4th. So I, I have to give them props for that at the very least, you know, because very, very smart decision. So as I said, if you like Call of Duty, check it out. If not, then <laughs> don't waste your time. Uh, two other games I want to mention real quick. Um, I did get a chance to play more of Aegis of Mayhem. I have a review coming for that very soon. Uh, pretty much, as I said on the last show, it, the game, you know, I like the Saturday morning cartoon presentation that they have for the game and the characters that they actually have as far as the ages go. That is some of the best stuff about it. You know, the, the way that they play, you have so much of this stuff in there. And of course, it is a mature theme to it as well. So I don't have any problems with that. Um, but uh, overall, the main issue with the game is the repetitiveness of it because a lot of the missions feel the same. A lot of the tasks that you're doing are the same. A lot of the hacking, all this other stuff, it just, it's, you get really tired of that stuff. However, if you are someone like me, you like to play games where you're collecting a lot of items uh, and that and stuff like that, then you may actually want to go back and, and play this game. Um, will I say that the game is definitely worth picking up right now? I mean, I don't know because it depends on your taste of games. There's a lot of games that are already out, some that are coming out in the next couple of weeks that you may be more interested in. So you have to think about that. But uh, for what it's worth, I think it's a great game. I mean, it's, it's good on its own. Again, it is a lot of repetition. You know, I can't emphasize that enough. It's a lot of repetition. But if you don't have a problem sitting through some of the repetitive missions, the repetitive tasks, um, you still will enjoy it for what, it, for what, for what it's worth. Um, it, it is something that will take a little while to get through. I mean, I've already spent about 25 hours in it, and I'm not even at the 50% point yet. I mean, I've, I have all the agents, but there's so many things to do in the city. It's, it's just, it, it takes up a lot of time. But for what it's worth, still a decent game, I would say. Um, and definitely look forward to my review, which will be on the site sometime later this week. Um, I, I, and, really, uh, I really want that game. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you got a chance to uh, play it back at E3 last year. Um, I mean, and like you said before, I believe you asked before if it was a good game. I mean, I, I personally think the game is the game is good for what it is. I saw a lot of people trashing the game, saying, "Yeah, it's too repetitive." But yeah, the the thing about it is that again, the repetition is there. But if you like the characters, if you like the humor, then you're, you're going to enjoy it. You know that that's that's what it is. You know, you have to like that type of humor uh, and going into that. And if you like the characters and the fact that it's mature, you know, characters swearing left to right, then then you'll enjoy it for what it is. Um, but no, it's not perfect, but I think it's it's fine for what it is. You know, it's not going to be a game that everybody's going to want to pick up. Obviously, this is not Grand Theft Auto, you know, but it's it, it is it is decent for what it is. I would say, based on what all that I've played so far. Um, uh oh, uh oh. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, no, it's you know, it, I personally would, you know, go out there and spend my money on it because it, it is a little too repetitive for me. And I think, in the grand scheme of things, with all these different games coming out, it can easily be buried, you know, by all of these great new games that are releasing and. They did a great job for the game for what it is. But my issue is that it's nothing new to the franchise. Well, again, this is a new franchise. This is not Saints Row. So, I, I mean, it is new in the sense of it's different characters, different environment, different setting. But, yeah, in, in terms of the formula of what Volition normally does, there is not really any any innovation there. It's just a new skin on an old thing that that they all that they've always done. Uh, and like right. I said, it, it depends on what what works for them. Um, uh, you know, obviously they could take more creative liberties with this game if they wanted to. But I mean, it's it's okay. Again, like I said, it's not a game that's for everybody. You know, we're not. There's not such thing as every game being a game that everybody is going to like. That's that's not going to happen. Uh, but it's I man, um, it's, it's it's all right for what it is. We gonna say Gary. I kind of see Agents of Mayhem as like Saints Row Four, and the thing is with Saints Row Four, yeah, like if you're thinking of that game in terms of the story that was presented beforehand, it's terrible because like it, it doesn't fit with the the story at all. But Saints Row Four was fundamentally a really fun game that I could not stop playing. And Agents of Mayhem just seems like it borrows that formula of Saints Row 4 and, you know, creates something new from it. So I'm, I'm looking at this as a game where I'm not like I'm playing it just for fun and I'm not taking it too seriously. Like it's, it's just all for fun, like um, the way I look at that game. Yeah, so. that, 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 that's, that's a good way to look at it. Um, and, and once again, you know, I do agree that this is a game that, that could very well, well, it will be buried now if you think about all the other stuff that's out. But when Volition released the game earlier this month, on April 8th, that was a perfect time to release it because, again, that came before Uncharted. It came before Mario Rabbids, all these other big games that are coming out. So at least in the in the very beginning, they had a chance to get some people on board. But, again, I don't really know if that was successful. I know they had a lot of the campaigns I know they had that whole thing that was controversial about the uh, 
the character that had the uh, sex tape type of stuff. Uh, yeah, some of that stuff was a little ridiculous. They had that marketing going on out there, that video that they threw out there. But, I mean, it, again, you know, if you know the type of humor that they normally do with their stuff, you have a good idea what to expect from this game. Um, yeah, but again, again, the, the biggest issue with the game is the repetition. And uh, if you are somebody that does not like doing repeated t- tasks, don't pick up this game. You know, but if you are somebody who... You pretty much, you like everything else about the game. I would at least say maybe you want to rent it if you don't want to buy it. Try it out for a couple of days on Redbox or anything else and then just see whether or not it's something you actually want. But the repetition, again, that can't be emphasized enough. You have to be prepared for that. I mean, the story itself is is entertaining for what it is. The characters are funny. And again, the cartoon, the Saturday morning cartoon type of presentation, that was a good decision to go with that. Um, but again, you have to be prepared for some of the pitfalls and the repetition is, is one thing that is, um, you know, you gotta be prepared for, but for what it, what it's worth, I think the game is still decent. Um, and again, if you played any of the other Saints Row games, it it is similar in, 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 in a lot of ways, but, uh, it's, they're trying to do something different with this IP. I don't really know if it has a future beyond this, but we'll see what happens. Um, so the final game I wanted to mention, and I know yeah, we spent a lot of time on what we've been playing, but uh, I, like I said, I played a lot of games. I finally played Telltale's uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Episode 3 yesterday. Um, now, I think I've said in the past, I did play Episode 1 and 2. It does explore the backstory of the characters. Uh, this episode explored a little bit about Gamora and her relationship with her sister, Uh so uh, the thing about this episode is it felt like it went by really, really fast. You know, normally the Telltale episodes do go by fast, with the one exception of the final episode of Tales of the Borderlands, which definitely felt a lot longer and was a lot longer than a typical Telltale episode, which is good. Um, but this episode, it just felt like it went by really, really fast. You know, it went again, dives into the backstory of, you know, some of the stuff with Peter Quill as a kid. We see some of that stuff going on that he dealt with with his mom, which I thought was interesting. Um, and then you do see Thanos, of course, in a flashback, all the stuff going on with as far as Gamora is concerned. So it was interesting. Uh, it, it felt like a lot of the, the decisions, you know, everything came to the final moment where they had a big decision that had to be made. And of course, we'll see the ramifications of that decision moving forward in the next episode. But in terms of a Telltale game, I, I felt like uh, it, it, it wasn't really too much to do in terms of the gameplay as it normally is. A lot of stuff, you know, quick decisions, quick conversations, and then that's that's it. Um, they did have some action sequences like they had in the other episodes, but it's still, I don't know. Um, overall, I would say the episode was just okay. Um, the, the, the season as a whole is just okay right now. There's certain things I don't like about it, but I do like the fact that they're trying to explore different aspects about the characters that everybody thinks they already know. Um, so I give them props from that. But if, if, if you was to ask me would I recommend this or Batman as a game that I should pick up right now, hands down, I would say you need to get Batman the enemy within because it's a lot more emotional in terms of some of the stuff that's happening in the story right now. Um, and of course, they did announce episode two is coming out September 26th. So 
I, I definitely think Batman has a lot going for it now. I'm not saying that the the uh, Marvel Telltale game is not bad. Guardians game is not bad at all. Um, it's just it's it's a little different. It's a little different, and it's about managing the relationships of everybody on the actual team. So you have to have these conversations with people like Drax or Raccoon to make sure that they're okay with you making a decision. And yet, that that is a good part about it. Because I figure that's how you should do a game that has to do with the team. But certain aspects about it is just, it's just okay. I feel like some stuff could have been better. But again, I have to see how the next two episodes play out before I give a final opinion on it. But so far, I could say, again, if you was to ask me what I would recommend between that and Batman, hands down, Batman Enemy Within, that is is a purchase I recommend everybody make at some point in time. But uh, that's just my thoughts. But um, that concludes what we have been playing for this week. As I said, there was a lot of games that I played, so definitely had a lot to say. But um, we're going to go ahead and jump right into the topics for today. Uh, this is a topic that I'm sure both Gary and Max have a lot to, t- to, t- to say on because they are huge fans of both of these franchises. Um, so we got news earlier this week that uh, Final Fantasy 15 is finally coming to PC. I'm sure Gary is already ready to pre-order this game as soon as we get a pre-order option for this. But we also got news that uh, it's also going to be getting some Assassin's Creed DLC on all platforms. Uh, And this is obviously to promote the upcoming Assassin's Creed Origins game, which is coming out in October. So, uh, Max, do you have uh, any more details as to exactly what people are going to be getting uh, in, in terms of this DLC? Uh, yes, definitely. Um, I will say that first, when I heard about this DLC, I was like, what the fuck is going on here? I think most people thought that. But um, looking into the trailer and everything, it seems to be like the Final Fantasy combat is literally just being turned into Assassin's Creed yeah, Assassin's Creed combat in a way. Like, I know you can do air assassinations. You can do stealth kills with the hidden blades. There's literally parts where you can be in the hay bales and pull people in and take them out. And then they also have, like, the synchronizing options. I don't know if that's just going to be, like, a one-time thing for each um, mission or something like that. I don't know if there's going to be a whole lot of combat or anything like that. But I think that's pretty cool so far. And the Final Fantasy XV gameplay and combat kind of lends itself to this. And there's also going to be the parkour, which I will say that even though I enjoyed the combat in the game, it felt a little bit loose. But it looks in the trailer so far that the combat means that the game is going to be tightened up a bit more. But it looks like it's going to work out. Like you literally see Noctis uh, running over pipes and hopping up walls and stuff. Because Lestalem, the city in the game, is kind of revamped to look like a city from Assassin's Creed. And everyone's even dressed like that, which is pretty cool. And I know there's supposed to be an original story that features Cindy. Cindy's back in it. Um and I don't think she was dressed up, which is kind of funny. She was dressed the same, but everyone else had some sort of outfit. But it looks pretty cool so far. I hope that the story's good. And I know that it's going to be free, so like, there's no reason not to try it out, you know? Absolutely. Uh, so w- one question I want to ask real quick, and then we get everybody else's opinion. So this character is in no... It's just there's no character that is in any way going to be tied to the Assassin's Creed game. It's more so just... Uh, the setting feels like an Assassin's Creed setting. Is that, is that what you're saying? But I can tell, yes. Okay. 
Okay. But um, because it's it's technically it's an assassin festival. Like the city of Lestalem is like being overhauled to celebrate being an assassin, I guess, or something, which is kind of funny. There might be more on the story that I don't know about, but from what I know, that's all we know about the story. That's interesting. That's interesting. Okay, Gary. So uh, now, what are your thoughts on this? Because I know that you're a huge Assassin's Creed fan and a Final Fantasy fan. So is this something that you definitely will try out, or you you you're not you're not you're not impressed? Yeah, I mean, I, I like I'll probably give it a try. Um, the last uh, DLC that came out for the game. Um, it was pretty cool. It was fun. The first one I wasn't a fan of. The second one was good. So yeah, I'm willing to try more Final Fantasy 15 content. And um, let me just say as well that I th- I think Square Enix Japan are huge fans of Assassin's Creed because there's been a lot of cross promotion um, on their on their side of things because. Um, um, I feel like there might have been I can't remember which game it was but I think there was like an Assassin's Creed costume DLC in another Final Fantasy game but I can't quite remember which one and also in um, Lightning Returns there's this cult um, that you know they, they wear clothes that are really similar to you know the, the Assassin's robes and stuff um, and also Square Enix creates the, uh, the play arts the figures and, and stuff for Assassin's Creed as well. So I, I think Square Enix are huge fans of Assassin's Creed and I, I like that they're able to, you know, collaborate with Ubisoft on certain things like this. I feel like this is something we should see more of, you know, because we know that a lot of uh, studios are probably fans of each other. So embracing it and, you know, running wild with it like this is pretty cool. Like, you know, it's pretty cool to, to have Assassin's Creed gameplay and elements in final fantasy like that you know that just sounds crazy like when you say it you know out loud but just to see it happen it's like wow you know it's it's crazy imagine if we saw this sort of thing happen more often you know with other uh gaming ips and stuff like it would be pretty incredible um so yeah i'm a huge fan of that and um as for final fantasy 15 coming to pc um I'm happy to see that finally happen too. And I hope that it's, you know, fully optimized so that you can enhance the visuals and the engine and everything. Um, I know that they're adding mod support, which is great. Um, Cause now, you know, not only will you have Assassin's Creed costumes, you'll have like costumes for, for every other IP like Zelda and, you know, all sorts of crazy stuff. Cause you know, mod support is there. Um, and funnily enough, Square Enix actually came out and said that, you know, they don't like the idea of people being able to create nude mods and stuff, but they're not going to stop people from doing it. Um, so yeah, probably day one when this, when this game comes out on PC, there's going to be a nude mod, you know, for Definitely. like all the characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, hey, but I'm, I'm just like, this is, um, really progressive for Square Enix, I think, because there was a time where we had no Final Fantasy games like on PC, and now all of a sudden, like you can buy like damn near every Final Fantasy game on Steam right now. Um, and you know now we have 15 finally coming out like a year later. You know it's uh, it's announced to come out on PC, which is cool. Uh, and I feel like in the future we might even get 
a, a Final Fantasy game that re- releases day in day, you know, um, console and on PC kind of thing. And I just like how progressive they've been from a technical standpoint too. Because I remember when they first released um, Final Fantasy 13 on PC, it was a really bad port and they had to, you know, they had to do a lot to, to fix it and stuff. And it's still not perfect at the moment, but, you know, all, every new game that they've put out, they've kind of worked harder with it and improved on, you know, making it fully optimized for PC and stuff. Um, so, you know, they're showing a lot of growth in, in, on, you know, when it comes to PC and, and I like that. So I just want to, uh, give Square Enix major props for that. Of course, you know, all of the, all of their Western games, you know, that's usually already handled because they have, you know, those studios to help them with that process. But when it comes to, you know, the Japanese stuff and Final Fantasy, you know, in particular, it's like a, it's a different studio. So, you know, that's why, uh, things have been quite different on that end. But, um, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah. Sounds interesting. I mean, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I think you made good points. This is a good step forward for Square Enix. So I'm very curious to see what this partnership does and what other partnerships they would consider moving forward with other companies. Because um, Ubisoft have been heavily promoting this also on their blog. So we'll we'll see about that. Um, Dana, you have any thoughts on this collaboration? Oh, she, she don't care. She's yes, no, I, no, 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 no. I care. I'm all about caring. I think that it is a wonderful job, and I want to thank Square Enix and thank Ubisoft. I think that you know it's a great way to get new fans, and it's a great way to celebrate the old fans of each of everyone's game, of both um, Final Fantasy and uh, Assassin's Creed. There are people out there who won't play up, who won't play, you know, Assassin's Creed or vice versa. And now through this thing that they have now, you know, gamers are now, you know, more aware. I'm not saying like they're not aware of Final Fantasy or Assassin's Creed. It's just that now that they're they're able to experience something that they probably wouldn't go out and do. So I love the idea. You know, at the end of the day, it's a win-win for everyone. It's a win for the fans and it's a win for both of the companies. So I want to see more of this happen. I think it's really creative and I think that it's something that can boost sales for everyone. Absolutely. I agree with pretty much everything you said and uh, yeah, very smart decision. So uh, we'll see what comes from this, but yeah, it's awesome. Looking forward to hearing more about it. Uh, So, uh, you guys have any other thoughts uh, to say on this topic before we move on to the next? Nope. Crossovers. <laughs> well, what did you say? No more crossovers. No, I said more crossovers. More. Okay. <laughs> That's what I thought. Okay, cool. I agree. I agree. We'll see. Pretty sure Gary's waiting for the uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 uh crossovers also um no that that is already it's not the only one let me tell you that would be amazing <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely we'll see but uh so let's move on to the next topic um now i, I must admit that i did see this trailer uh 
and, and when I saw the trailer, I didn't really have a strong reaction to it. But uh, we are going to discuss it because I believe that Gary did have something to say on it. Um, so obviously we're talking about the fact that uh, there's a Shenmue 3 trailer that was recently released. Um, I know some people have, they think the trailer looks great. But then they also think that there's some issues with the trailer, some of the character designs, the the eyes. I know that's caught some people's attention. But Gary, uh, you can start us off and let us know, what, what were your thoughts on the trailer as a whole once you saw it? Um, I mean, you know, I I want this to be good, so I was, like, willing to, you know, find the good in it. Um, of course, the, 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 the faces are really off-putting. Like, the face, facial animation sucks. Like, it, there's basically no animation for the faces. Like, the faces are just, like, there on the character model. Like, and it just, it seems like it doesn't move at all. Like, it's just the same face the entire time. Um, and that's kind of troubling because, you know, um, it's, it's a story-driven game. So you want your characters to show emotions and stuff. Um, I know in the past, you know, the character models, you know, um, were restricted by the technology. So in the past, you know, we, we had games where the, the faces don't animate and, you know, they're just completely still. But, you know, now that we're, we're spoiled and we get, you know, a lot of facial animation, um, except in Mass Effect Andromeda, but we get a lot of facial animation now these days. So, you know, it's it's kind of awkward to see you know again like Shenmue 3 and like the faces are just like messed up but saying that um a lot of the art and you know the background the detail in the artwork and 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 you know the environments and stuff that looks good and the actual fighting and stuff like that looked kind of acceptable and you know we have to remember that they uh they probably do have a slightly smaller budget i guess than you know most other games because this was crowdfunded and they probably have you know they're an independent studio so they have a lot of expenses and stuff that that aren't covered um like you know other big publishers because you know when you if you compare this studio to big publishers other big publishers like ea ubisoft and everyone else of course, they're getting funded by all the other games that they've published already. But, you know, this is a small studio um, headed by Yu Suzuki. And they, you know, they probably don't have any other source of funding besides what's been given to them for this game. So um, for that, you know, I guess it's 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 slightly understandable um, why it's like that. But I did, like, I thought that Sony had a, had, you know partially funded them as well for this game that's what i thought so i you know my thinking is you know if, if sony's part funded them for this project you know what why wouldn't they give them some more help with that like you know at least like loan an animator to them or something like you know just do something to help them out a little bit because a lot of people want this game this game means a lot to a, you know a lot of people so it would be good to you know see it at its full potential but i'm still trying to remain optimistic about shenmue 3 and you know i hope it does please a lot of people because as far as crowdfunded games go it's a bit sketchy of course all the time and i've been hearing a lot of like questionable things about star citizen lately as well so you know we we need one of these games to really come out and you know meet its full potential and 
please people because you know look, look what happened to mighty number no. nine like you know so we, we we need one of these games to be really good so i'm i'm staying optimistic about shenmue 3 but um you guys got any thoughts on that yeah uh let me just say real quick before uh you know max and dana give their thoughts uh first oh, and foremost think you got no sound at the moment i can't hear you can you hear me now i could hear him oh never mind it's me i'm sorry oh <laughs> man ouch no that's horrible that's horrible bloopers we're gonna have to make a blooper of that um yeah one thing i would say real quick uh you know i i i heard you say mighty number no. nine was a disappointment i'm a little surprised to hear that because max told me he enjoyed that game so um max what are your thoughts on on that comment as well as the fact that uh what gary just mentioned about uh shimmo three I don't know where you come up with this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I've never even touched that damn game, and I have no desire to. <laughs> but yeah. um, in terms of Shenmue 3, I don't really have much attachment to the series. It does sound cool, and it does seem like my type of game, and it's something I'll probably check out down the line. But, um, I mean, the facial animations are funny, but at the end of the day, this is probably a game that's really early on in development, and I don't really think it's anything to worry about. You know, they just came out with the trailer, and there wasn't even much shown in the trailer. The trailer was more to be like, hey, look, the game is still coming, we promise, you know? Um, But Gary was right about it just being gorgeous in general, aside from the facial animations. You know, they showed a lot of cool locales, um, and it, it just really looks really pretty, but I'm not really too worried about it right now. If down the line stuff like this keeps happening then i think we should worry but i just think it's still a bit early for that and who knows this footage and everything could have been from like months ago and they could have made huge improvements from now um i don't know kickstarter games can go left and right you know you never really know for sure until the game is in your hands but i also thought that sony threw some money at um the game so that is kind of surprising that if there is issues there, like I imagine Sony would try and fix that. But also, wasn't there news that Deep Silver is now publishing it? If I'm not mistaken, well, I'm gonna look that up right now. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty I sure they just got a new publisher as well. Yeah, Deep Deep Silver is doing it as of like a week ago. So there's also oh, more cool. money coming from there. Yeah, but that also makes me think like, how much did Sony actually help here? You know, so there's a lot of different ways this game is being funded. I hope that it has enough money. You know, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. But if they needed a publisher like Deep Silver, maybe it doesn't have enough. But I don't know. We'll have to see. It's an interesting, interesting state right now. Uh, w- w- one thing I will add is that they also said that uh, this is not the last Shenmue game. I believe they want to do another one after this. Uh, but my guess is that it, it depends on if this one does well. Um, but I mean, I don't really know. But yeah, the fact that you you mentioned Deep Silver is involved. Deep Silver definitely will will assist, um, but uh, yeah, I don't know how much Sony invested. We we know that they had the game revealed at the Sony press conference, the Kickstarter the Kickstarter revealed. So uh, maybe that was part of the deal that uh, they just got them in front of everybody to let them know, yes, we are helping them make this game a reality. I, I don't know, um, but we'll see. Uh, so Dana, do you have any thoughts on Shenmue Three and the trailer that they released? Yeah, I think this was kind of like a silent plea to to get more money. Like, please help us. 
because it looked like one of those homemade stop animation things that you do, which like just basically your Barbie dolls. But aside from <laughs> there being absolutely no movement and everything just being stiff, it was a very gorgeous game. Like, and the scenery was very gorgeous, and the lakes and the little mountain that they had, it was very pretty. So I think that you know this is not the final version. This is like. Please help us. And also, we're still working on this game. If you really care about it, please help us because this is what you're going to get with the animation. I don't think that there's anything to worry about right now at this point, as was previously said. I think that, you know, a miracle and someone will come through and, and we'll give them money and it'll look much better. It'll at least look like it was made in 2010. <laughs> Yeah, well, hey, again, you know, people, they have, they, they, they want this game. So my, my thought is that people will still go out there and get it. You know, now, will they be happy with the final product? I, I have no idea. I mean, my, my guess is that, you know, when they heard that the game got, they had the Kickstarter, you know, and of course that they delayed it because it was supposed to come out this holiday, this upcoming holiday season. Now it's 2018 instead. Um, well, sometime in 2018. I don't. I don't know when in 2018 specifically, but um, I think people know that they have to keep the expectations. This is not going to be a top of the line, one of the best looking games that's out. I, I, I mean, and they should be okay with that. But at the same time, I guess we have to see. As as you said, and, and everyone else is, I don't think it's anything to worry about at the moment. Um, this I think was important for them to show the trailer to show. Yes, we are working on the game. This is this is what we what is what, what is being developed right now. It's not representative of, of the final product, but just to let you know, we are working on the game because I know people have been asking where the hell is the game at because they haven't seen it since it was announced. Um, so we'll see what comes from this, but uh, yeah, definitely keep optimistic, Gary. I know you said you'll be picking this up on day one. We have quite a bit of friends that are very much looking forward to this game. Mr. Charles Singletary, looking forward to it as well as uh, Ramiz as well. So uh, hopefully the end result is, is going to be satisfactory, satisfactory mm -hmm. to, to, to all of them next year. Yeah. But uh, we'll see what happens. Any other thoughts before we move on to the next topic? Yeah, since you brought up Ramiz, I wanted to share like this uh, this really fun theory that me and Ramiz came up with um, for Shenmue 3. Now you guys might not get, you know, where we're going with this this idea, but like, um, you know, all the people out there who have played, you know, either Shenmue One or Shenmue Two, you know, you'll you'll get where we're going here. So, it, Shenmue One and Two, like, they're notorious for, you know, having tedious jobs that you have to do. Like in the first game, you have to be like a forklift driver. In the second game, I didn't really play the second one too much, but I know there's like a lot of tedious jobs and and work situations that you have to do in that game and you know everyone um probably knows that you know that the objective of this game is ryu um hazuki he his father was killed by landy so um ryu is after landy he's trying to find him you know he spends like the whole game trying to find him and then at the end of the first game uh landy gets on the ship and goes to china i believe somewhere and uh, Ryu follows and you know wh while he's in China he runs out of money so he has to work to fund himself and everything like that so like what we think should happen in Shenmue 3 
is we think that you should catch up to Landy within like the first half hour of the game, right? And then kill him. Like, so you, you get your vengeance in the first half hour of the game. And then the rest of the game is basically just you working to get money back so that you can go back to Japan. Like that that's how we think this game should be. Like that that that's true Shenmue the right there. <laughs> <laughs> that would that, be hilarious. I would love that. <laughs> that would be legendary. Like that that's the Shenmue 3 we want right there. So 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 um, Yu Suzuki. What's hey. up? No, I was gonna say that, that that's a, that's an excellent theory that y'all put together. So I have to ask this question. So so would you only be doing the forklift jobs, or, or will that be expanded to other jobs now since uh, this is uh, 2017? Oh, that, that there has to be a lot of jobs because you know you, you're gonna need to get a lot of money. Um, so you, you're gonna have to work like three jobs at least at, at one time, <laughs> and then in you know in 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 the middle of the game, there's gonna be a point where you get robbed. So then you have to make that money all back again, and then more. So, so uh, yeah, it's gonna be a lot of grinding. Uh, it, it, that, that that sounds interesting. That sounds very interesting. Hey, you know, I would love to see that. You know, anything that'll be challenging for the player and get them right back into, you know, having that work experience, so on and so forth. But you know, we'll we'll see. They they, they can go. You know, I don't really know what all they're going to explore in the sequel, but it's should be interesting nonetheless when it comes out next year. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll wait and see. That's a good theory, though. You you, you and uh, Ramiz definitely need to uh, contact, you know, make sure you contact the director and have him uh, consider this idea, if not for three, for four, since we know that there will be a Shinmu 4, supposedly. So... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, any other thoughts before before we move on? No, that's it for me. Okay. Yeah, uh, cool. Cool. Okay. So this next topic is um, this is going to be a very interesting conversation because uh, I, I I believe that it is fair to say that by far, well, maybe this isn't the most disappointing game of. 2017. I mean, I have to go back and look at every game that came out, but this damn sure is is on the list. Um, and I'm, of course, we're talking about Mass Effect Andromeda. Yes, uh, we received an announcement last week, actually last weekend to be exact. I think this was right around Gamescom when it was about to ramp up and start. EA confirmed in a blog post that there will be no more Mass Effect Andromeda single player DLC or patches. Uh, and they did mention that the franchise is going to take a break. It's not dead, uh, but it is going to take a break for a while. Now, granted how Mass Effect Andromeda was treated when they released that, I think we all knew that um, this this can't really be too much of a surprise. You know, EA, I, clearly I think the game needed more time. It would have been helpful if EA had pushed it out further, if not later this year, maybe the start of next year. But uh, obviously, they made the point that they wanted to get it out because they knew that Star Wars was Battlefront was going to be out this fall, and I guess they don't really want they they want that time all all on its own. So, with that said, I, I wanted to ask uh, you guys initial reactions to this news um, and whether or not when do you think that we'll actually see the series come back, and how do you think that they may bring it back? So, um, 
Max, how about you tackle this first? Because I know you were heavily, heavily disappointed with Andromeda. <laughs> um, well, I don't think that we'll be seeing another Mass Effect game for another five to seven years. To be honest with you, I think it's going to be a very long time before we see the next one, which is fine, you know, because they're working on Dragon Age and Anthem and everything else that they're working on. But I'm more than happy to see it return. You know, I think that if they were to bring it back, they would probably do it in a similar fashion where you're just really new. But I don't think they'll try to connect it to the previous ones this time. I think that they'll just completely go new. I hope that they just completely go new. Maybe a few references to Shepard here and there. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll have to see on that one. But I don't know. A lot of a lot of what worries me about or what worried me about Andromeda and the future of Bioware is just the path that they're taking where they're and we've talked about this on the show before, where they're kind of making like a single player MMO here. Which sounds cool, don't get me wrong, but it got way too tedious. Like a lot of the stuff you do in Dragon Age Inquisition and in Andromeda were just very tedious, boring side quests in places that weren't really that cool to explore, which is just kind of frustrating. Inquisition actually had some pretty cool areas, I should say, especially compared to Andromeda. But a lot of Andromeda's planets were, they were cool at first, but then they got pretty bland. They were just a lot of open space and... I don't know. It just felt like a lot of steps back, even in terms of combat. Like, for example, you couldn't control your squad mates anymore, which was really weird. You could just tell them where to go. You couldn't tell them to control their skills or anything like that, which I loved in the first game. You know, like I specifically built my shepherd to only have different ammo types so that I could use all the different ammo types and then have my squad mates have like the biotic powers and everything. So we were pretty much unstoppable. You know what I mean? And that's not something you could do in Andromeda. There was a lot of stuff like that that was kind of taken out that I hope they kind of revisit and re-explore in whatever new game that they come out with the series. I am surprised that there is going to be another one, though, that they came out and said that, because I know that, I think it was the head of EA. I could be wrong, but someone over there, maybe it was like the creative director of Bioware or something. Someone over there a couple days ago came out and said that they think Andromeda is criticized too harshly, um, which I think has some merit. I think partly because we were just so hyped for it, but I did try to look at it in a very objective way, and I'm just really not a fan of how it turned out. Um, I may go back to it and finish it at some point just for, like, to say I did and just to, like, kind of get closure on all that, but we'll have to see. But um, in terms of them also not bringing any more DLC, I don't think anyone cares that much. I don't think anyone really expected much from it. I could be wrong on that, but eh, I don't really mind that at all. Yeah, I, th- th- those are good points. Uh, let me just make a quick comment before Gary jumps in. Um, yeah, th- those are all great points that you said. I know when I read the statement, I-, I couldn't help but laugh because they said that the main focus of the game was supposed to be about the Pathfinder. Uh, so therefore, they designed it in a way in which it was focused on the, the Pathfinder. But but from every indication that I have gotten, a lot of people do not like the character. So I don't really know what they were initially trying to focus on with the game. Uh, I think the people that are complaining to say that it, it, it got a bad, it got you know a bad response, and they feel like people really defended too harshly. Well, yeah, but that is because of the expectations that it was set before that. Because the last trilogy was a big deal, even though Mass Effect Three, the ending was controversial, and a lot of people didn't like the ending, me included. That bar was so high for that game. Obviously, it's going to be hard to to go into this game and be like, "Well, this is not going to um, 
this this is going to be a little different. But uh, yeah, I just think um, it is what it is. But it, it's not it's not horrible. Um, just have to see what what comes from this. But five to seven years max. When you said that, I, I couldn't help but laugh because you are right. But man, that's a long time. So yeah. it's going to be to the point where like we forget about it almost. Yeah, so I, I guess when PlayStation Five is out in, in Xbox uh, Two, Two, what, what they call it, Two X, maybe maybe it'll be Xbox Two X is out. Maybe that's when we'll hear about Mass Effect, uh, whatever the next Mass Effect game is. But we'll see what happens. But uh, Gary, uh, go ahead. Yeah, I agree with you guys. Um, you know, um, I mean, was it judged too harshly? Now, like I personally like there, there there was good you know there was a lot of good points about the game i'll say that you know there there was a lot of good things that they did with that game i think and a lot of good ideas and there was a lot of potential in places but i just feel like it, it you know it the, the writing wasn't up to par with what we've come to expect from a mass effect or a bioware game in my opinion like the writing really plummeted after a certain point and uh, like Max said, the the side quests, the way those were handled, um, it was just it was kind of you know a mess in my opinion, um, and they had no substance to them. So it it might have been judged too harshly because I know that you know when the game first came out, people were judging it based on the animations alone, and to be honest, like they were questionable but they you know they didn't have any bearing on your enjoyment of the game at all like the animations were were not the problem really like you know it's just something that was a bit weird at first but um and you know i i feel like once that happened and it started to become a meme and everything i think people started to judge the game based on that and then once people got further along with the game and realized it wasn't as special as the other Mass Effect games, I think that contributed to things as well. So I do feel bad for the team that worked on Andromeda because they did take a lot of criticism. Um, but at the same time, you know, I personally am not happy with how the game turned out, you know, as a Mass Effect fan. So and I, I think I'm well within my rights to feel that way, too. Um, but it might have been judged harshly for unrelated reasons, you know. Um, so as for the DLC being cancelled and stuff, uh, there there is actually a lot of people out there who wanted that DLC. Um, I have two people who basically, uh, when this news broke, two people came to me and they they were saying exactly the same thing. Like they really wanted to see what happened with those the, the other fleets for you know the other races that came to andromeda so you know like the quarians and everyone else you know they really wanted to see that they wanted to see what happened to those races and they wanted to see those races in the game um and then there's also a few other uh plot points which i can't you know get into too much because it's spoiler territory but um there's a few things that wasn't kind of cleared up um, in the main story of the game so people wanted to learn more about those things too so people were disappointed by this news that you know the, they've cancelled the DLC and stuff and you know I find it weird that it's just the, the single player because the multiplayer aspect of the game did, like it seemed uh, 
it was really like generic and um not fun so i'm surprised that they're like still doing stuff for that to be honest because they they specifically said single player so I, i'm assuming they're still working on the multiplayer um and like how many people are actually playing that multiplayer that's what i want to know but yeah um it's, it's disappointing that it turned out this way i guess but it that's what happens when you know you don't i guess you don't understand what the core audience wants and i feel like dragon age is sort of going that way as well because inquisition it was good it was in my opinion it was better than andromeda but it was kind of going the same route as you know andromeda um went in you know a little bit especially the side quest system and stuff and the way that's set up and handled um so i hope that you know they're able to rectify that with the next dragon age game and as for the next mass effect game I think it it won't be for a long time um, till we see this game come back again. And, you know, I think it should be a very long time, to be honest. Um, we know that they're coming out with Anthem, and that's what the main Bioware team has been working on. And um, Anthem is likely going to be a long-term commitment for the team. So I, I don't think we will see Mass Effect again, you know, in... The PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One life cycle. I, I feel like it might be something that will be, you know, whatever the next iteration of the consoles is going to be, it might be something, you know, um, along that end of things, I think. Um, and I'm okay with that. I feel like they just need to leave this alone for a while and then come back to it when, you know, um, they're really inspired and they have good ideas for it. And, you know, they're, they're the willing to put a main team on it. And, you know, it has their full undivided attention. Like, I feel like that's the point when they should, you know, work on another Mass Effect. So for now, just leave it, you know. Um, we know they're probably working on a Dragon Age. So focus on that. Focus on Anthem. And, you know, I'm fine with that for now. Because um, I don't want them to run down this series at all. Um, until they're you know completely focused and dedicated to it so that's my thoughts very good thoughts uh i have a question that i want to ask very quickly but before i do that dana let, let's get your thoughts oh how do you look how do you view this whole mass effect situation is it good or is it bad i'll say this i think that yes this it the series did suffer i mean the game suffered it had problems with it i do think that people was kind of jumping on the bandwagon of, you know, we hate the game. But I do think that by them taking this break, they can assess everything that was, you know, issues. And maybe doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to fully bring, you know, is going to commit themselves to this game, this franchise again. Maybe it's kind of in between. So if they decide to not do this game ever again, I'm okay with it. If they decide to do it, I just really hope that they – take everyone's, you know, issues into, you know, into, you know, is listening to what everybody is saying and that they build and make a better game and have the storylines that people want to see and that they're focused on it. So. Very good point. I agree with all, with all of you. Now, let me ask a very quick question. Um, so let's say that now you guys, Max said five to seven years. Okay, that's fine. So now 
what if the original Bioware team, let's say Anthem is a success, and they decide, well, we need to make Anthem 2. Do, do you think they should bring in another studio to do Mass Effect, or should they let that team do whatever else they're doing and then come back to Mass Effect? Because um, I think Anthem is going to be a very big deal, and, 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 I, and I'm very curious to see. I know they said they have a 10-year support system in place for this, similar to what was said about Destiny. And you saw how that ended with Destiny 2, which is about to come out next week. So I just wanted to get you guys' thoughts on uh, whether or not, you know, what if Anthem is a success? Do you think that Bioware should let, well, EA should let Bioware work on another Anthem right away? Or should they say, okay, now this is a team that needs to come back and work on Mass Effect? Or bring in a new team altogether. Um, I think that they could do another team. I think that they just need to give it, give it, yeah, give it the time and resources it needs. Because from what I know, Andromeda not only was it the B team, but there was a lot of issues in terms of the way they wanted to structure the game. You know, there were people moving in and out during a. Uh, the development of the game and there was a lot of issues like that so not only was it a team that wasn't as experienced there was stuff like that going on so it needs to be like a development cycle where they're just uninterrupted and kind of allowed to do what they want and also having a clear vision in mind because it sounded to me just hearing a lot about the development stories and stuff that there wasn't even a clear vision with the game so that's that's my thoughts on it because i feel like you're right i feel like that team is going to keep working on anthem for a very long time because that game is going to be big so it's just how it's going to be. Very good point. So go, go ahead, Gary. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, so first of all, when it comes to Anthem, like whenever a company says we have like a 10 year plan for the game now, I don't believe it now, like automatically, like I don't believe it. So, yeah, um. I don't believe they're really going to be working on it that long. Um, and they'll probably bring out an Anthem 2 at some point, you know. Um, but as for, you know, the team that should work on Mass Effect, um, whatever team has Casey Hudson, that should be the team that works on Mass Effect, in my opinion. And they should not work on it until that team is free and available to focus entirely on Mass Effect. So... If they do, you know, go straight from Anthem to An Anthem 2 or whatever Anthem involves into, um, don't let them work on it until they're done with that. Or, you know, maybe it, they can do something where um, this team works on Anthem, develops it and everything, and then when Anthem 2 is ready to come out, they pass it off to the next team, and then this team is free to focus on Mass Effect. Um, you know, maybe they can do something like that, but I feel like Casey Hudson, his team needs to be on, you know, um, Mass Effect, in my opinion, because they have the understanding of how this series was built and, you know, all the, 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 the things that make it special, you know, they understand clearly. Um, so I feel like that's the team that needs to work on it. And I feel like the team that worked on Andromeda, perhaps they, you know, they had a little understanding of what they were doing and everything but i feel like they they lacked um direction from the people who worked on the game before them you know to tell them what you know they should and shouldn't do at some point so yeah I, I feel like that was a big problem so if you have people who you know who understand 
Mass Effect and what was done with the original Mass Effect series, then you know that that's who you should get to work on the next Mass Effect. I think. Very good points. Yes, absolutely.、Uh, Dana, you have any thoughts? No. <laughs> hey, it sounds good to me. So we'll see what happens. I mean, I don't really know if Anthem. I don't believe the the ten year plan for for service on Anthem yet. But、uh, you know, we need to see first what what they have planned as for when the game actually comes out, what the content is looking like. Um, before we jump to any conclusions, that that is just specifically going off based on what they said though about that ten year support type of system. But obviously that will change, I believe. But we'll see what happens. So,、uh, any final thoughts before we move on to the next topic? No, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Okay, cool. So the next topic. Oh boy. Where do we begin with this topic? And this is this is this is tied. This is part one of the main discussion today. We're going to get to part two after that. But Crackdown Three, you know, we received news ever since. You know, the last time we recorded the show, I believe it was about two weeks ago. But in that time frame, we learned that Crackdown Three has been delayed to spring 2018.、Uh, this is a game that was initially supposed to launch with the Xbox One X on November 7th. But Microsoft had decided that the game did not look quite up to par. They need more time, so they have decided to delay the game to spring of 2018. Now, I do have some thoughts on this delay, and 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 you know, while delays are good,、uh, obviously there are a lot of issues with 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 this in particular one. But before I get into my thoughts, I want to get what you what、uh, you guys' thoughts were on this particular delay. How this impacts a Microsoft moving forward, if 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 at all.、Uh, so, Max, how about you? <laughs> go go first. <laughs>、um, I think that this kind of sucks for them because Crackdown looks kind of cool. Don't get me wrong, but we've said it before. We don't think it's the system seller the Xbox One X would have needed. It would have helped, of course, but. Now that that's not coming, what do they have at launch? You know, they have a couple things, <laughs> but no like first-party exclusive things is what I mean. Like Crackdown Three was supposed to be like a first-party exclusive. Like I know they have PUBG PUBG coming,、um, which is a great nail for them. So hopefully that will that will do well for them. But、um, I don't know. They have Cuphead. They have the Tales game, which I always forget the name of, but the game that. We all thought it was going to be Conquer for a few seconds, then it ended up being whatever it is,、uh, super, which looks kind of fun. What Super su- Super Lucky's Tale? Yeah, Super Lucky's Tale. Yes, that <laughs> which looks fun. But again, it's like I'm not getting an Xbox One X for those things. However, while we while I would have guessed that the system was going to be screwed, they did say that the consoles are just completely sold out. So and that people pre-ordered the shit out of it. So I don't know. Maybe maybe we're wrong on our predictions, and maybe the console will do fine even without these games. I'm really not sure on that one. But、um, it does suck that Crackdown Three is getting delayed, but it's probably going to be for the better because that game. I heard it was fun, but to me, it looked like it's one of those games that's going to be fun for a little bit and then just be the same thing over and over again. So maybe with this delay, something will change with that, and that it'll be a better game for it. 
absolutely agree with that. Yes. Okay, uh, Gary, uh, what, what are your thoughts on this particular issue? Uh, I think it's really disappointing. And, um, you know, at this point, Microsoft, they seem, uh, they seem really insecure when it comes to Crackdown 3 because they took so long to, you know, actually show the game again. And then, you know, they had that hype moment at E3 with Terry Crews and everything. And then, you know, they made a point to say that, you know, this is coming out with Xbox One X and now it's not. Now it's delayed. And it's, you know, it's just really disappointing because for the people who really want to get this system and see the true power of the system put to the test. I mean, what what is there now? There's Forza, you know, because, you know, they, they made a point to show the graphics and, you know, let everyone know it's going to be 4K and everything. So that's one game that you can, you know, really appreciate the power of your console with. But then, you know, what else is there? You know, you're going to spend that much money just for a driving game just to be like, wow, for like 10 minutes. Like, you know, uh, it's it's really disappointing, I think. Um, and I, I don't know, man. I mean, it, it, that's great news that, you know, the, the pre-orders have kind of um, been piling up and it's sold out at places. You know, that's great news. But the thing to remember is that those are pre-orders and they're not solid um you know that stuff can change at any time and also there, there's probably a lot of people buying the console for resale as well um because we you know when there's an, you know any new hardware out and stuff um you're going to be able to make some profit off of it if it's in high demand um and so if a lot of people are you know trying to get a hold of the system you know people are going to be able to resell it and stuff like that um so I, I don't know, like I like me personally, if I'm a gamer, I don't know what you would buy the system for. I mean, if you already have an Xbox One, Xbox One S, you can still enjoy those games without rushing to get the Xbox One X. So, you know, I'm kind of scratching my head trying to figure out, you know, why you would even buy the console right now, to be honest. Like, it, it's just it doesn't seem like a logical thing to me. Um so yeah, I, I just I don't know what to say anymore about Xbox One X. Interesting. I, I did see there was uh, at least one gentleman in the chat that was talking about, well, hey, they we still got the third party titles, so I guess that's a reason to buy it. You know, you can play Assassin's Creed Origins, you can play Wolfenstein, and all these other third party titles, Shadow of War that uh, will run better. Okay, but. But are those things that are going to make you rushed by the system? Because, I mean, how many of those games are going to be enhanced with the Xbox One X? Like, I mean, these are games that are going to be optimized for every other console, you know, whether it's Xbox One S or PS4, you know, like, so that's my thing. Like, why would you spend that much money just to play those games when you, you're going to buy them anyway on other systems? Exactly. That's I agree. Like, I, I have my Xbox right now. And I'm just going to buy those games on my Xbox just because I don't have nor want to spend $500 on a prettier Xbox, you know? At that point, I would invest in my PC. You know what I mean? It's it's better for those who don't have a console yet and are still looking to get into consoles. Like, yeah, then the Xbox One X, that makes sense, you know? Or for some people who just really aren't happy with their performance of the original Xbox One. But um, I don't know. It just seems to me that they... Microsoft is trying to keep the fan base they have now and appeal to them, but not really expand on the one they have. 
which is admirable and good, I guess. You know, that's not a bad thing. You know, cater to the people that support you, of course, definitely. Um, but it seems to me that they don't really have a plan in the long run for expanding on that either, I guess, is more my issue with it. Because if they had, like, for example, Mark brought up in the... Um, chat that people really like hardware which they do and then look at the switch the switch did phenomenal even though it had one game worth playing um but because we knew what was coming afterwards like with this we still don't really know what's coming afterwards in terms of exclusives and stuff like that like the switch gamers who got it early they knew stuff would be coming and they knew that their their cons their purchase will be justified yeah very good point absolutely uh I do have some things to say, but before I do that, Dana, what are your thoughts on the Crackdown 3 delay? Are you planning on getting Crackdown 3 in the Xbox One X in the future? Heck no. (laughs) But here's the thing, though. There are people who are very, you know, adamant and they're going to get that Xbox One X. And I'm all for that. Good for them. Me personally, I'm not really interested, but I think it's a wait and see thing. You can still get the console now and just wait until the game comes out and then continue playing whatever other console that you're using right now. I don't think that it's something that is like a crisis. I think that this is something that can easily be fixed. I don't really see this having a massive impact on sales. I don't think, you know, people are going to start jumping up and start canceling their pre-orders simply because Crackdown 3 is not available. Um, I do think that we, we're, it's going to be a very slow progression of having their sales, you know, higher than what it is right now. But I do see Microsoft, you know, being steady with their having a steady sale, especially around the holiday season. So I don't really see this as being this like, you know, big, terrible news. It's unfortunate for anybody who's looking forward to the game. But other than that, you know, I don't really know many people who's like right there saying, crack down three, day one. Woo. So. Yeah, see, some, 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 some good points. Um, well, Gary, you about to say something. Oh, yeah, real quick. I just want to, you know, I want to give a shout out to the guys in the chat room who are, you know, expressing, you know, why they want the system. And I can I completely understand, you know, if you're really into your technology, you have a 4K TV set up and you want to get good use out of, you know, your, your 4K TV and you have the money to spend, then go for it. You know, I'm not sitting here telling people that they shouldn't buy the system you know or that there's no reason for them to if if you know if they have the setup for it and everything and they have the money for it you know if if that's you then go ahead i'm just saying in the grand scheme of things there's going to be a lot of gamers who are just going to you know sit back and watch you know what happens with the x i think like um because you might as well just hold off and wait and see what kind of support the the xbox one x gets in the long term you know moving forward because you know why would you spend that much money on this system when you know all these games are accessible to you anyway um and you know you the 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 future of xbox i'm probably going to sound a bit drastic here but the future of xbox is a little questionable right now because like we can't there, there's not a long list of exclusives you know on paper um that we that we know of so if i'm a consumer right now i'm just gonna like sit back and you know enjoy the systems i have and see what happens moving forward but uh, that that's all i'm trying to say um but i understand you know for those few people who 
who do want to get the system, you know, to enjoy their 4K experience, then there's nothing wrong with that. That's good. Also, um, to go off of the future of Xbox being a bit muddy right now, don't forget that Microsoft cut funding to the Xbox division uh, a couple, like I think a week ago this was announced or a couple days ago. So that's interesting as well. <laughs> See, I, I, I don't think anybody really knew about that information because I, even I didn't know about what you just said. So that's interesting. Um, so let me just say this real quick about Xbox. Uh, I've said before multiple times, I, I, I am an Xbox fan. I, I love PlayStation as well. No, I have all of the consoles. So I'm not really biased in, in any thoughts. But I, I will say this, uh, when this delay got announced, I, I was very disappointed. And it's not because the game needed to be delayed. I think we can all agree, well, for those of us that were at E3, we saw Crackdown 3, it did not look good. It looks like it needed more time. So I'm glad that they decided to give it more time. The delay is always good because it means that we'll get a better product at the end of the day. So that's great. But with that said, you have to look at the full picture here and not just this delay. Microsoft canceled Scalebound earlier this year. They closed a lot of studios. And then they also announced that whole thing about Fable Legends also getting canceled. So it's a couple of things that happened as to why I said this is this is bad news. This is bad news for Microsoft because of all of the stuff that's going on in the, the games that they're working on. Now, with that said, like you said, Gary, at launch... I don't think they've done a, a good job of convincing me why I would need to have an Xbox One at X at launch. I have seen the videos of the footage of some of the other games that Digital Foundry had did performance tests on, and it looks phenomenal. But a lot of these games I have already completed. I've already gotten all of the achievements, so I don't really see why I would want to go back to playing those games. Plus, you add in the fact that all of these other titles, such as Shadow of War, in uh, Assassin's Creed, all of these games are coming out before the Xbox One X even comes out. So you could essentially buy the game on Xbox One, and then there will, I guess there will be a patch update that you will receive at a later time. But I feel like if anybody is going to want to get any of those games, they can e easily get it on PlayStation 4 or PC because they'll be out. They want to play them now. They may not want to wait for the enhanced version because the system isn't launching to, to line up with those games. Now, it's a different story if they decided to release the Xbox One X today before those games come out. Because then, then somebody can be like, okay, yeah, I want to see this experience in 4K right away, but you're not, you're not going to be able to do that until the system comes out on November 7th. And that's the other reason why I say any game that's coming out before that, I mean, I don't really think that's a strong selling point either because... I mean, the game will be out on everything else also at the same time. So if you have a PlayStation 4 Pro or a PlayStation 4 for that matter, you can just pick the game up for that system or PC. And obviously PC will be the better version regardless of what the consoles bring. But yeah, I mean, what I'm saying is the timing of it releasing, the timing of all these other games, it's, it's not necessarily in, in their favor. Now, we can say 2018 will be a better year for Xbox games. But I don't think anyone is going to debate that this has been a bad year for Xbox exclusive titles. Halo Wars 2, great game. Not a game for everybody. Absolutely not. You have Cuphead coming out. To me, that was the best game that I saw at that Gamescom show. And I'm definitely getting that. Day one, no doubt about it. 
Super Lucky's Tale, I'm not really into that type of game. Age of Empires, I'm not really into that type of game. Uh, but obviously, there are some audiences that will pick up those games. And then, of course, you have PUBG, which is a big game for Microsoft to have. That is the one smart move that they did do in getting that game because that game made moves to consoles. But again, that game is on PC now. And people who have already have it on PC, they, 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 don't, they really don't need to be convinced that they also need to get it on Xbox either. So it's a sticky situation. Uh, obviously, Microsoft will have a better year in 2018 with the games that they have coming. Um, but there's no doubt anyone can sit here and say this is a, fa a fantastic year for Microsoft. You, you can't really say that with a straight face because a lot of bad stuff did happen when you look at everything. Obviously, look at the delay on its own. Maybe that's not a big deal, and it's not. But when you look at everything, and then according also with what you just said, Max, about them cutting the funding to that department, yeah, this is not good news. So I'm I'm seeing in the chat that that was apparently Phil Spencer came out and denied that. Apparently, that's not the proper term to be used. Okay. Uh, Mark is saying the funding requiring approval came out of the quarter two financial report at Microsoft. So, from what I can tell, no, the funding wasn't necessarily cut. But I think they're okay. going to be more careful with it. <laughs> okay, well, I'm glad, I'm, glad, I'm, I'm glad you clarified that. And thank you also, Mark, for clarifying that because I know some people will come after us with the pitchforks. Oh, yeah. You no, guys the said they um, Yeah, so well, go ahead, Gary. Can I, can, I just, can I just say something to that real quick? In business terms, that's practically the same thing, to be honest. Yeah, they, like, they, have, to, they have to be careful. Watching, <laughs> watching the money and having budget cuts is, is almost the same thing when you're dealing with a huge corporation like that. So, um, I and think that's, did... that's basically oh, sorry, him. Okay. Um, oh no, I was just going to wrap up by saying that's basically Phil Spencer doing PR, but uh, yeah. yeah, carry on Max. And this came from a very trusted source, um, Z huge EX on Twitter, who normally when he says things like that, like they're true, like he's, he's an industry insider and his facts are usually very on point. So this isn't just talking out of our asses here. This is like. This was something that we was believed to be true and reported on. And I missed that Phil Spencer said no. I had no update on that. But Well, yeah. it's, it, well hey, it's, it's all right. Uh, but yeah, I'm glad that that, that was clarified because I know people like to think we're talking bad about Xbox, even though I, I said I, I've been an Xbox fan since, since day one. I have all the systems, mm -hmm. so I, I'm not biased. But, you know, they, they won't listen to that part. They'll say, hey, you guys said something bad about Microsoft, so... We have to hold you to that. But uh, glad that that was clarified. So thank you again, Mark and Max, mm. for clarifying. Mm. But uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, again, Microsoft, they have an opportunity to have a better year in 2018. I Just because I am not convinced I need to have the system day one doesn't mean I won't have it eventually. I mean, I will get the system at some point um, down the road because, you know, it is our job to actually cover these games on the site. So I am going to get the system at some point, but I just haven't seen enough to say, Oh, I have to have this game, the system as soon as it drops in November. I, I don't, I don't see that. Um, because I'm looking at the other, whatever, whatever else is out at that time also, because again, I did see it said earlier in the chat, $500 isn't a lot. You know, you sometimes pay that much for a phone. That is a true statement. However, you have to think about this. There are a lot of other games that come out during the holiday season. So ask yourself a question. Am I going to spend $500 on a new system or will I just use that money towards all the games I want to play on my current systems? 
I'm going to say I will possibly just go go for the, all the games and get the system at a later time when nothing else is out. And I actually, I mean, that's just my logic. But again, if you if the people out there that are balling, by all means, get as much, get everything that you want to get. Um, no one's saying don't get the system. All I'm saying is that I personally think that the lineup at launch is not as good as it could be. But 2018 will be a better year for Xbox, no doubt about that. Um, but that's just my thoughts. And with that analogy, with you know people buy um, $500 plus you know phones every year or every two years or whatever. Um, like when you like usually have like a finance plan with that, so you're paying monthly for those phones. Um, and with the the console, you're paying outright unless you have a credit card, you know, and and you pay your credit card monthly. But you know, it's it's kind of different in a way. Um, and I had something else somewhere to branch into, but I'm I'm gonna wait till uh you're done with this, Rich. Oh, oh no, I, I'm actually done. I was gonna move on to uh, the main discussion now that is related to this. So uh, you can start that off if if you want to. Okay, unless it's different, then then by all means, go ahead and, and branch into what you were gonna say. Well, it really kind of relates to what we're talking about now, so I'll, I'll get it out now real quick. Um, so I read like a, a hypothetical article um, a few days ago well or maybe a week ago or something like that i think it was when i was away um and it was saying um it was saying microsoft should sell the xbox business so i you know i wanted to ask you guys if they sold the xbox brand right what company could you see picking it up and like who like do you think this should be a possibility that is a tough tough question for me to answer wow I wasn't expecting that. If I would have known that, I would I would have done my research ahead of time and said, "Oh yeah," but this is all on the fly. This is all. Okay, yeah. This is all hypothetical, so there's like no facts involved in any of this. But like, I I was reading an article. um, I guess like thinking about it now, it was probably in response to this financial news. But um, I was reading an article, you know, like a week ago or something, and it was saying that Microsoft should sell the xbox brand so i wanted to ask you guys if if they did that like what company do you think should pick it up and should this actually be um a possibility oh yeah that is a tough question um Uh, i I don't know i could go if you guys oh yeah yeah definitely go ahead definitely go ahead then Well, yeah, let, let, let me say real quick, uh, I I think it's hard to, to see them selling it. I'm not really sure who the buyer would be at the moment. Um, here's the thing. From a business standpoint, I think anyone that was to purchase something from Microsoft, they're going to look at the franchises that obviously are the most popular. So a Halo, a Gears, and maybe Forza. Uh, I don't know how popular Forza is around the world. Obviously, it's popular in Europe. I, I don't really know how popular it is here in the States. I know I love the series. A lot of people here like it, but I don't know how many people like it here. But I would say anyone that is buying the company, they I don't know if they will want to necessarily buy the brand as a whole. They would be interested, though, in picking up Gears and Halo. 
uh, because they know those are the franchises that people flock to the most. Um, but as a brand, I'm not really sure who would make that purchase. Um, that's a, it's, it's a good question. I, I just can't, I can't really think of an answer at the moment, but uh, maybe Max or maybe Max has something he was about to say. Uh, I don't know. I'm still thinking on this one. I don't think they should sell the Xbox One brand. I don't, I, hmm, that's tough. Cause I still don't know entirely what Microsoft's goal with the Xbox brand is anymore. You know what I mean? Because they make a shit ton of money and everything else they do. And as I'm sure we can tell, the Xbox brand doesn't really bring them in a whole lot of money, but they have so much that it doesn't really matter for them. So I don't know. I just don't know what their long-term goal is here. You know what I mean? With the Xbox brand, I'm just very confused with everything, a lot of what they're trying to do here. I just don't really know. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's hard it's hard to really answer and, and yeah, cuz you you don't know cuz you saw that obviously, you know, when they saw they came out with this whole thing about the Xbox One is for entertainment purposes and then they switched up the messaging again to try to get back on the good side of gamers. But yet, then you cancel these games, and it's now you're wondering, well, I mean, they still care about the gamers, obviously, because the games are still coming. They're just not coming this year. They're coming in 2018. But uh, I, it, it, it's tough to answer that question. It's a very good question, but I think we probably right. have to do some research. Well, go ahead. i got some thoughts on, on it. Um, okay. I, I just okay. want to reiterate, I, I want to re- reiterate the um, the fact to the listeners that this discussion is completely hypothetical and it's based on something i read you know um, i think it was vg247 who published it so i, I just want to reiterate that you know we're not bashing xbox or anything like that you know we're just this is just a hypothetical discussion so um i like i feel like at the moment microsoft the big dogs at microsoft um have lost focus of the xbox brand and they don't see it as you know as much of a priority as they used to so that's why i'm thinking you know this discussion probably comes about and you know with the budget thing as well it kind of makes sense now if i'm thinking about companies that could potentially like buy um amazon is one that came up um shouts to bury me hollow um and i believe it came up somewhere else as well um with regards to this uh question um and Amazon is a is a good pick, the, you know. Um, on paper, it seems like a good pick, but I feel like it's a huge conflict of interest for Amazon to buy Xbox because we're talking about a retailer, right? So that's sort of unfair to other console manufacturers because, like, you're gonna have big banners on Amazon.com.co.uk with Xbox, you know, because they own it, you know. So it's really a conflict of interest and it's almost not fair um so then you know apple i don't feel like it's a possibility because apple they're already in the gaming industry you know passively like unintentionally because a lot of games get sold through their platforms you know on ios ipad and stuff like that so they don't even need a piece of you know the the video game console pie because they're you know they're getting money so i don't feel like apple should buy either um now i'm thinking you know shouts to everyone on the wrestlecast first and foremost you know love that show but i'm thinking like vince mcmahon here right so what if sony 
bought the Xbox brand, right? And just completely like buried it, but but then they own all of the exclusives for Xbox. You stole my answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I had to shout you out. You're you know, you're the WrestleCast, you know. That's why I shouted you out first. <laughs> Say thank you for the shout out for stealing my answer. I'm sorry. No, I think that would. I love that more than anything, which is why I thought of it as well. What great way to like really show people how competitive you are is by buying your rival and then just basically pooping on it. I thought that would be genius. And then, like you know, make Nintendo the the TNA of of consoles. The ROH. Oh, the R O H. The R O H. That's better. Make it the R O H, or the New Japan. Interesting. Yeah. That 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 I think is wonderful. That's a that. Well, allow me to say, if that ever happened, uh, you know, Sony fans would would just go crazy. Um, the of protesting from the from the Xbox fans would be up. Oh my gosh, would be riots. Well, they, well, yeah, they because they, they they would have a very hard time um, committing to that. That would be very Your interesting. Stolen. They wouldn't even be. I don't even think that even if say like randomly, like if Netflix bought it, they would still be you know angry. But plays, yeah. If Sony did it, sheesh, that's <laughs> hilarious. I love that. I actually want to see that just so I can see the reactions of everyone's faces. Yeah, the the internet would explode, but you know it's all hypothetical. You know this isn't happening. Gonna happen? Just you know, conversation. No hate mail, please. Yeah, that, that 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 that's a good question, Gary. But man, that's it's wild to think about that type of stuff. But uh, we'll see what happens. It, it's it, that's I'm gonna be thinking about that question even after we start recording because that's that's an interesting situation there. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see. So, uh, any final thoughts before we move on to the second part of this particular Xbox One X topic? I think I'm good. Okay, yeah, I'm so, good. <laughs> okay, so, so obviously, now we already spoke about Crackdown Three. We already spoke about the fact that it isn't coming out at launch, and we've also received news that, uh, as Microsoft said that the Xbox One X is the fastest selling pre-order console that they have ever they've ever sold. Um, and we've also got an Amazon report that said the Xbox One X surpassed the PS4 Pro on the bestseller list. So now before we dive into this, I, I have to I feel as though I have to go back to that post right now and let me put on my reading glasses. Okay, and let me look very carefully at this post, and I see yes, the fastest selling console. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, but 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 there's one problem. I don't see any numbers on this article. So um, let's get serious for a second here. Now, Microsoft never said how many consoles they were selling to Am- they were sending to Amazon. Uh, they never said any numbers about anything that was sent anywhere. Um, so it, I, I, it makes me question how many of these consoles were actually made. I know we said in the past that with Nintendo, the stuff that they normally do, how they handle 
their little sales, like you have the the S the SNES Classic and the Nintendo Classic. Um, a lot of this stuff, you know, there have been reports before. Well, there's been emphasis that said that you know, obviously, there's a, a certain number of consoles that were available, uh, and obviously, it sells out quick because the, there's not really that many that they actually put out there to sell in the first place. So, obviously, you know. I believe every company will do this to a certain extent. Microsoft and Nintendo absolutely do this, I believe. Sony too, you can say, because, you know, you just don't know how many is actually out there before you start talking about the pre-orders. But to go back to what you guys said earlier, you know, pre-order is a pre-order. And, and, and I'm pretty sure we already know that there are some people that purchased that system and turned around and are selling it for a, a lot more than they pay for it to obviously make a... Uh, Make, make a budget. I can also tell you that I've also found out in a recent conversation that people that we know who used to visit the site, one person in particular, has bought three Xbox One Xs. So obviously the people who are the diehard Xbox fans, they love the hardware. I mean, one thing I will give Microsoft credit for is that the system looks good and they show me that they, they have a love for hardware because they also talked about the controllers in that same Gamescom conference. And then they proceeded to show us trailers of games we already knew were announced, so on and so forth, already out there, which is fine, whatever. A lot of the rehashing of the stuff from E3. But to me, as I said online before, and I have to go by this, the hardware sales, I expect the system to sell well as far as hardware, because anytime new hardware is out there, it's going to be hot in the very beginning. People are going to flock and buy it because it is new hardware. And it's good for the industry when a console sells well. But as I said before, the software, if the software is not there, and I'm talking about the specific exclusive software, I'm not talking about the third-party titles. We already know that the third-party titles, that is the big thing that they're going with with the Xbox One X. That's fine. But I'm talking about the first-party lineup. And the first party lineup that needs work, that needs is consistent. If that lineup is not there, I think that's a problem for Microsoft. Obviously, they are going to try and fix that problem next year. You know, maybe next year may not be an amazing year for Xbox games. It will definitely be better than this year, though, because of the fact that there's going to be more games in the first place. Will all those games be quality titles? That still is to be debated. But there will be more content next year. But what I'm talking about is the first party lineup. If the first party lineup doesn't improve, that's a problem. And just to say one last thing before I, you know, give the floor to you guys. Um, one thing that I will say, and I had a discussion with uh, Tony Polanco and uh, Weapon X the other day. One thing that, that definitely has to be said for those that, that don't think the third parties, you know, the, the, for those that said third parties matter for Xbox and therefore... They will take the lead over Sony. Let me remind you of the fact that Sony has quite a bit of games coming out next year. Two games in particular that I think will be system sellers. One that I'm not really sure if it's coming out next year. We know Last of Us, anytime Naughty Dog puts out a game, the game it moves consoles. So Last of Us Part 2, whenever that comes out, that's a system seller. But the one game that is an instant system seller is Spider-Man. Because this is a game that's not coming to PC, it's not coming to Xbox. And some people may underestimate the fact of just how important it is that that is a PlayStation 4 exclusive. You can't really overlook something like that. So I, I, I'll be very curious to see what people say next year. When the third-party games come out there, I'll be curious to see if that makes a difference for Xbox. 
But even if it makes a difference for Xbox, when you have PlayStation releasing other games such as Spider-Man, such as The Last of Us Part Two, such as uh, Death Stranding, the list goes on. The list goes on. When you have them releasing those titles, you can't tell me that those are not enticing titles for somebody who doesn't have a PlayStation 4 to say, oh, I definitely need to get myself a PlayStation 4. And if you add in the fact that Sony already has a lead in terms of console sales, but then you also have these titles coming out to further entice people to get a PlayStation 4 if they don't have it already, I think there is no doubt about it that Microsoft is not going to catch up. It, do, it doesn't matter about the third-party titles. The third-party titles, great. But if they don't don't have a good first-party lineup coming within the next couple of years to really show more value besides the third-party titles, and then you have Sony having their first-party lineup so strong, that is definitely going to make a difference. It is no doubt about it. Anyone can, who says that it that won't make a difference, they just don't want to believe the facts. But that's just my thoughts. And again, it's not a criticism of Microsoft, uh, Microsoft knows they need to improve first-party lineup. They, they, they know that. The third-party lineup, they're not worried about because they know that the system is going to do a good job of making those games look better on their console. That's fine. But you, ha- you cannot deny that if Microsoft had a game like Spider-Man and it was exclusive to their system, you know damn well a lot of people who are diehard Xbox fans, they would be talking, they would be praising that game. And then they would say, they would, they would boast about it and say, oh, well, Sony's not getting it. Yeah, well, screw Sony. This is exactly how the reaction would be. But the first party lineups make a difference. And I think everybody is going to see that again. If they, didn't, if they didn't see this year how Horizon Zero Dawn was a success. They will see it next year because there's a lot of games coming to PlayStation 4 that uh, a lot of people are curious about and they want to get their hands on. But with that said... I'm glad to hear the hardware is selling well already out the gates. I'm not really surprised because, again, it's new hardware. It's supposed to sell well. But what happens after the launch? That's the big question. And whether or not the games that Microsoft has announced get delayed further out, all of this is going to make a difference at some point. But for now, great to hear that the hardware is selling. Yes, it is good for the industry. But that doesn't mean that Microsoft needs to ignore the issue with first parties. No, we need to make sure that we are very clear about the fact that they have to improve that lineup because if you are a true Microsoft fan, you want to see the company improve. The way to improve is for them to focus on making first-party titles also, not just rely on the third-party games to sell their console. But that's just my thought. Now, Gary, you have any thoughts you'd like to share? (laughs) Yeah, you made some some really good points uh, there. There's two ways I want to look at this, like, um, you know, with regards to uh, it, you know, outselling the the PS4 Pro, um, you know, in terms of the just the pre-orders and stuff. I feel like, you know, um, PS4 Pro is like a fake 4K system, kind of, you know, it's not like true 4K. And on paper, it doesn't have, you know, the power that Xbox One X has. So I, I feel like a lot of tech junkies out there are naturally going to gravitate towards the, the X more just because it is capable of outputting true 4K. Um, of course, they'll probably be disappointed eventually because, you know, not every game is going to be capable of rendering full 4K. But, you know, it, it does have a huge advantage in terms of, you know, its specs and the way it's built. 
Um, it's just we need the, you know, Microsoft desperately needs the software to match with with the hardware. Um, so the other way I want to look at it as well is, um, and this might be a big reach, um, but, you know, I definitely, it's something I want to say, just, you know, just to be different a little bit. Um, I feel like, you know, Nintendo and the way that they've sold their systems this year, I feel like they've kind of created a trend and it's led to um, this new fad of, you know, fake demand. And I feel like it's, you know, carried over to now the Xbox One X. I mean, we've seen it with the Switch. We've seen it with, you know, the, the SNES Mini. And I feel like when we when we talk about gadgets overall, you know, they've created this wave where now everybody wants to jump on the next thing, you know, as soon as possible. And they want to, you know, um, some people are probably ordering multiple systems so that they can take advantage of the demand and sell at a higher price, make a profit. You know, I feel like Nintendo has really kind of spearheaded this movement. Um, so I feel like that contributes to it a little bit as well. And then also uh, another thing is, this is just the Amazon marketplace, you know, just Amazon. Um, are there reports of like other um, marketplaces selling out? Like, is it sold out everywhere else as well? Um, uh, you guys can let me know that because I've, you know, I haven't kept up with all of that news I, and I don't know what happens in the US uh, well, stores I, and stuff. Well, I, I know it's sold out at Best Buy. Um, I don't know about Target, uh, but Best Buy, yeah. Because I was looking at Best Buy to see if any... Well, the Project Scorpio, well, both of them are not available, but the Project Scorpio sold out immediately. Um, so I'm not really sure. But again, I, I did see Microsoft said they're making more consoles. So that that's why I question. I don't know how many they, they had from the very beginning. Um, but yeah, it, it, I think it's, pretty, it's sold out almost everywhere. I haven't seen one place that it is available yet, but that could change. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, um, based on that, I mean, it sounds good. You know, it sounds good for Xbox. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm just not sure all of those are honest orders, like honest pre-orders in the sense that, you know, every one of those systems is is being ordered to be played by whoever's ordering it. You know, I, I feel like people are, you know, are buying multiple ones so that they can resell and stuff like that. I feel like that is going on a lot yeah. at the moment. I agree with that. I don't know. Yeah. And it's also like, they're not coming out with the numbers that they put out. The numbers of the numbers of how many Xbox One X's they put up for pre-order, which I don't know, isn't the fishiest thing in the world, but that still makes me wonder a little bit, you know? Oh, is it the Scorpio edition that's been sold out? That's what um yeah the Scorpio Joe just said in the chat yeah okay and then no regular version has been sold yet okay interesting wait well, so is the, is the Scorpio edition limited is it like a limited edition yeah yeah it, yes. they, they said it was limited yeah okay well yeah that makes sense though um yeah we're pre-ordered in the first five days more were pre-ordered in the first five days than any Xbox before which is cool that's actually really great for them. Yeah, it, it definitely it definitely is great for them. Um, no doubt about it. And again, you know, 
a lot of people was curious about the pre-order when it was going to happen you know but they, they waited till gamescom to fact to finally make it official so yeah i think that was a good wise decision um and, and I, as i said the hardware sell, selling is great um but how it is supported afterward that, that is what we will have to see uh you already said gary earlier about nintendo yeah there was some skepticism of nintendo with the switch but when the switch launched they had zelda so what we have as Xbox One X uh, owners now, we have PUBG, which is a game that's already out on PC for those that want to play it now. If they don't have a PC, then yeah, the next best thing is to get an Xbox One X for that. Then you got Super Lucky's Tale. Um, and, you know, the other the other games that will have already been out. But it's all about the software, I think. You know, we have to see how it's supported afterwards. Because even... One of the big surprises that I got was when we went to E3 and we I saw the Nintendo Commerce. I'm like, they got a lot of games coming out, you know, that I didn't know that were coming out. I knew Mario was coming out, but I didn't know all these other games were coming out. And then the stuff that's in development now, you can we can make the jokes about, well, Pokemon, we ain't, we ain't seen no gameplay footage. Metroid, we ain't seen no gameplay footage, but you know that they are working on this stuff. So I would assume, yes, with Microsoft, we know they're working on another Gears. We know they're working on another Halo. Um... But we haven't seen those games yet. And I know Phil has said on multiple occasions that there's a lot of stuff that they, they weren't going to show early. They did acknowledge that they showed Crackdown 3 too early. Um, and that's why now they had to delay it. So I can respect that decision. But at the same time, you know, now that they've said that, I'm definitely expecting them to show us some stuff in the future. Uh, whether it's the next E3 or even before that. I definitely am expecting them to show us more games that are actually coming out. Not just the stuff that we already know what's coming out, but what they're actually working on also. But we'll see. Um, Dana, did you have any thoughts that you wanted to say about the Xbox One X pre-order sales? <laughs> I think that this is all a wait-and-see situation. We have to just wait and see what the real numbers are. It's really interesting nobody's releasing them. But we'll know around holiday season what's going on, and if it's really true, good for them. Also... I hope that they work on their availability so that, you know, other people who want the system can get it. Yeah. Yeah, good good point. Um, we'll see what happens. The, the Project Scorpio, I think, is... I don't know if, if they're going to make any more of those. I think once they're done with those, but the other regular Xbox One X, yeah, I mean, I think there'll be plenty of... Plenty to still be on sale this holiday season if I had to make a guess. But again, I'm, I'm no expert. But um, again, I, I, I think, yeah, we wanted to reiterate again. I'm glad the console was selling. But uh, yeah, like you've all said, we need to take a wait and see approach to see what the plans are for the console in terms of these other games that have been pushed to 2018 um, and what else is out there. Because I know we've already said on this show multiple times, while I, I, I'm, I'm glad that they're working on other games, I, I still, I don't necessarily think that I necessarily like some of the games they're working on, but I, I am willing to try them out. You know, Sea of Thieves, I don't really care too much about that game. I'm willing to try it out and see how it is. Uh, State of Decay 2, another one where it looks a lot like the other State of Decay, the first game, but with, with obviously like a, maybe a 1.5 version, but it could still be good. I mean, I'm willing to try out these games, see how they are. This is the whole point about knowing when they're actually coming. And they said 2018, so we'll see what happens with that. But 
glad that the software is selling. I mean, the hardware is selling. So we'll see what happens with the software next. But uh, that's all I was going to say. Um, any other final thoughts on this particular topic or anything else before we wrap up the show? No, I got nothing more to add. Yeah, I think I'm good too. Awesome. So uh wanted to thank you all for checking out this week's uh, episode of the Co-op Podcast. Uh, I wanted to give a special, uh, just a special programming note. Uh, there will be a co-op next week. Uh, I am not quite sure if I'm going to be on that show yet. I may still be on it. I'm not really sure because I'm going to PAX West on Thursday. I'll be there until Sunday. Um, and it's a three-hour time gap difference in Seattle compared to here. So I'm not really sure if I'm going to make it. Now, there are a lot of games that I am going to see. There are a couple that I can talk about that I do have an appointment to see, such as I will be seeing Biomutant, which is a game I know a lot of people have been talking about. Um, that should be interesting. Uh, also, Planet of the Apes, uh, the game that was recently announced. So I'm going to be seeing a couple of these games, as well as you know Assassin's Creed, so on and so forth. But I wanted to basically say, for those of you that either if you're watching live or you're going to be watching later, please do leave a comment either on the site or on YouTube and let me know which information you want to know, which games you want to know information about so I can try and track down more information on these games while I'm at Patch West. Um, I don't think every developer is going to be there, obviously, because it's a lot smaller show compared to an E3. Um, but... I'll definitely let you know if I am able to get more information on certain games um, and definitely talk about that next week. Again, I'm not sure if I will be here for co-op. I will definitely try to be here. If I'm not here, I will try and do a show as soon as I get time on Sunday next week. But uh, other than that, definitely thank you all for checking out this week's show. Um, and final shout outs. Uh, Max, do you have any final shout outs that you would like to give? Yeah, as always, thanks everyone for participating in the chat. Today was a, we had a lot, a lot, and a lot of interaction today, which was pretty cool, you know. At the end of the day, though, we're not shooting on anyone for their purchasing decisions or anything like that. People can buy whatever the hell they want, and we have no problems with that, you know, whatever suits you best. We are just talking about what we think, uh, and we try to be as objective as possible, but we're just trying to talk about what we think the industry is heading towards and what these companies are doing and stuff like that at the end of the day if you want an xbox one x like go buy one no problems with that i think it'd be cool to have one don't get me wrong it's just not something i'm going to spend 500 on and everything like that but um as always good talking with everyone in the chat hope to see you all next week and rich be safe at pax thank you thank you max and uh thank you to bury me as well bury me hollow you, you call him Mark, so I didn't really know what his name was. But, yes, thank you, Mark. I will definitely be safe, and I will definitely be I will definitely try to be back for the show next week. If not, there will be some type of show at some point that you'll get from me just talking about my experience there. But, yeah, looking forward to it. Um, Dana, you have any shout-outs that you would like to give? Shout-out to all the listeners out there and people who participated in the chats, and shout-out to people who can, you know, was looking forward to the Scorpio. Absolutely. Great time to be a gamer. A lot of great games out there. A lot of great systems to play them on. So 
absolutely whatever system you like. This is this is this is the, the great this is the great time to have fun playing whatever you want to play. So definitely keep doing that. Um, and uh, Gary, I'm going to give the floor to you now for the shout outs and of course to all the Patreon supporters as well. Go ahead. Yeah, so of course, big shouts to all of our Patreon supporters. Um, M. Collins, Sean Gorty, Stephen Ferron, Mauricio Aguilar, Himdil, Fergus Mills, Lalawin Leslie, Nicholas Alvarez, and Miguel. Big shouts to all you guys. Um, I did actually put up the, the first edition of Ask TK for the Patreon um, supporters, so you guys can go and listen to that right now. And everyone else will get to listen to that, you know, sometime um, next week, uh, maybe on Friday or something like that. So look out for that. That's on the horizon. It's coming out soon. And big shouts to everyone who joined us in the chat today. Uh, there was a lot of people interacting and stuff. I like to see that. Um, it's great to see that after, you know, coming off of like a week hiatus as well. You know, it's good to know that, you know, the community is still there and people are still interacting and stuff. So shouts to all you guys um in chat big shouts to you know the coalition staff you know um everyone on the team throwdown guys and everything like that shouts to coins to continue as well for having max on this week um um uh, charles you need to hit me up man i want to be on that show too at some point so you need to hit me up if you're listening to this um and also shouts to floyd money mayweather for that victory last night you know he's now 50 and 0 had to had to give him a shout out as well um but yeah that that's pretty much it for this week what's up dana i see you unmuted your mic 51 and oh that big show match counted oh that counted okay the rest i didn't know money i didn't know wwe counts to your official record but that's cool well if you're gonna fight an mma then you can fight a wrestler it counts 51 and oh but it is scripted though. So is uh UFC. Ooh. Oh I, wow. That that's a discussion for another day. But yeah, um that's interesting. But yeah, shouts to all you guys, all the listeners and everything, and thank you for joining us today. Back to Absolutely. you, Rich. Absolutely. And I also will say a quick shout out to uh Mr. Floyd Mayweather. No, I was never never paid and endorsed to uh talk about the match, but yeah, good. Congrats. And uh, last thing, if you are a Game of Thrones fan, make sure you watch tonight because you already know it's the season finale. So definitely check that out. Um, so that's it for this week's show. Have a great, safe week ahead, and we will talk to you all next weekend. <laughs>